0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at capitalfinancialusa.com. Perfect transition to a guy who absolutely dominated this tournament. We're going to talk to Jay Williams about it. Uh, Think about this Jay went nine for nine in games in the ACC tournament, nine for nine in games. Uh, so the guy who hosts in the morning on Jay, Will, Keyshawn, and Max on ESPN Radio. But before we get to your performance in the ACC tournament, Jay, uh, do I believe? Do I have this correct? According to uh, a top one hundred ranking of ACC point guards, you're not even as good as Ty Lawson. So, you know, like one of the beautiful things about
1: doing our job <laughs> is that you're constantly looking for content. And then sometimes, AG, the content just comes gift-wrapped for you. Right. And uh, this was presented to me. I, I, I looked at the wrist and it uh, sent it to me. Uh, Duhat actually sent it to me. And I was like, huh, yeah, 14, okay. And then, you know, for so me, my competitive crazy self yeah. starts like actually digging into the numbers and accolades and. Start tweeting the guy about so how do we actually what's the criteria for you coming up with this list? No criteria, and then we, I just I decided to make it a bigger topic and talk about it because that's who I am,
0: you know. First of all, when when Chris Duhon sent it to you. Did he ask you why he wasn't ranked ahead of you since on the 0-1 championship team for various reasons, he was moved into the starting lineup and was, I don't know if he was the primary ball handler. is maybe more of a, uh, a defensive guy, but he, be- he became the point guard, so maybe he should be ahead of you. Yeah, he should. You know what's really
1: funny? All I've <laughs> seen is red since then, so it's like uh, old school with Will Ferrell at the podium, like, <laughs> You come out of it, you're like, what the hell just happened? What did I say? So I do not even think I got a chance to read the text copy above the picture of the rankings. I just reacted. So I should probably go back and reread that for for you do. It was a
0: great segment. Uh, and that guy <laughs> called in, by the way, uh, to the show. I don't know if the, you guys called him or if he randomly called No, in. he called in. He called him, Adam, he has some moxie to him. I that, give him credit for it. I, I do too. First of all, uh, how had we verify that he was the right guy? Because I could have done that.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, we should probably do a little bit more research and diligence because I don't think anybody verified it. We just took him
0: for his word. Hey, look, that's you guys are trusting people. Uh, all right, so we're at the ACC tournament here, and I was yep. looking through the ACC tournament runs when you were at Duke, and your final your ACC championship game margins thirteen hmm. thirty in the second hmm. year over North Carolina. And then twenty six. You guys, in in you you were nine and zero as a player in ACC tournament play, and the closest game you had. Do you remember the closest game you had? Closest game we had.
1: Let's see. I love these contests. Maryland yeah. ACC semifinals. I think my was it my sophomore year.
0: Yep. Yep, that was...
1: Brain like an elephant. Call me a baby LeBron James (laughs) at 6'2".
0: That was one of the greatest basketball games I have ever been to. Um, I think it was Juan Dixon's half-court heave at the buzzer went off the back rim, and you guys... It was an absolute, absolute classic. Um, You guys just dismantled people. You know, I don't know
1: that that game that year, too, because I'll never forget this. Um, And it's... You know, I think a lot of times fans hear analysts or coaches talk about the psychological effect of, you know, competing against your, your opponents before. And you hear things like, well, it's hard to beat a team four times. And for us that year being down, I think we were down double digits at half. Um, it, it's when we were down 22 points in the final four against that same Maryland team. I'll never forget being in the locker room. During halftime, and Shane being like, Do you guys, do you guys know that each team has been down double digits at halftime and always came back in one game? And it was like that theme that followed throughout that, it, it proved true. I mean, it, each and every game. So yeah. it, it's like that being down double digits gave us a lot of confidence and composure. All right, you know, all these cliches, one possession at a time and get a stop here and all these things there. But when you put it together, that psychological aspect played a major factor in us winning the whole
0: thing. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys were a machine anyway in 2001. It was one of the best teams I've ever watched, have been, been, had the privilege to cover. Um, I would, as a Maryland grad, um, I, that era, and I, look, we know what the Duke-UNC rivalry is all about. But for those three years, there were no better basketball games than Duke Maryland, I mean, not not even close. And earlier in the 2001 season was the miracle in not. not I guess it's not really a miracle. You guys coming back from 10 down in the final minute uh, as Maryland was deer in the headlights up there. But um, I mean, those are the best games. I mean, how do you, how do you process that?
1: Well, I process it in, in 2023 terms because I feel like college basketball is, uh, and as much as I'm a fan of the sport, it's missing those nostalgic-like moments, right? And, and I think that at times with conference realignment, with the transfer portal, uh, with all these movable parts that we miss on some of those moments for the fan bases to kind of lean into what those rivalries would do. And I really wish that Duke and Maryland would have a home and away each and every year. I, I think it would be great for the sport. I think you see this throughout, old-school Big East rivalries, old-school Big Ten rivalries. And regardless of conference realignment or what it has been, uh, being able to have a lot of those type of rivalries and away scenarios allows us on the media side to package and go back and help people remember what was. Because, frankly, it's hard for people to remember what the hell happened last week, yet alone 20 years ago. But if you can recreate that, Adam, then I think the product of college basketball becomes bigger and stronger.
0: Jay Williams is joining us here. The we could talk about the state of college basketball in a second. I'm just trying to think and in my close my eyes and imagine Duke going up to Comcast Center now or whatever it's called now. I have no idea. I've actually never been in that building. Um, I left Maryland and never. I didn't go back to a game. I went to one Duke Maryland game at Cole Fieldhouse. House. Uh, I think it was Steve Wojciechowski's junior or senior season have not been to a, a Maryland game in college park since uh, I just can't imagine going back, seeing these two teams play again. I mean, there were big 10 ACC challenges uh, that I don't know if Duke worked behind the scenes to make sure, Hey, we ain't matching up with them. Uh, because I, I think everybody was still kind of bitter that Maryland flew the coop. Yeah. but well, like, you know, I, I look at personalities too, and it's almost,
1: you know, look, for all the respect that Roy and Mike have for each other, they wanted to beat the hell out of one another. Yeah. Like, you know, you would hear all these guys say, well, it's B.S. It's never just another game when you go against North Carolina. It's never just another game because what any of these players tell you when we go against Maryland. Yeah. And I would see that with how badly Coach K wanted to beat Gary Williams. And I spent time with Gary after I was a player and I heard it firsthand from him over drink about how much he wanted to win those type of games, right? So yeah. when you hear that, and I think about what this new age could be, like, yeah, I, you, you can make a case that at times, especially against, you know, certain opponents, you wish that John Shire was a little bit more, you know, animated, right? We talk about that game at UV, Day, like being animated, yeah. but John Shire is one of the most competitive people uh, the game of basketball has ever seen. Like, I'm a competitive prick. John Shire is a competitive prick. Kevin Willard, is a competitive Yeah, I would love to see those two guys as coaches go against each other as well. I think it would be great for college basketball.
0: Oh, it it absolutely would be. I spoke to a former teammate of yours yesterday. We uh, we had Chris Carrawell on the show, and he was talking about the competitive nature. So let's get to this Duke team. We waited uh, this long to get to uh, this team. The team you watched go into uh, the Smith Center and eke out a win. And to me, it's – they don't play pretty basketball. They play very, very tough, physical, defensive basketball. If they went on a, if they got on an offensive hot streak, I and mean, they might be a juggernaut. I'm just not sure that hot streak is there. But boy, did they gut things out! Well, you know, everybody
1: keeps saying that. And look, I, um, I watched Duke play multiple times. I, I, I don't know if they possess that scoring punch right. this year. Um, I think next year, if this core group were together, Phil Popsky doesn't leave to come pro or Jeremy Roach, we'll see what happens with Derek Lively and company. But I think if next year were together, there would be a lot more confidence in, in roles and uh, a lot more certainty in their ability to score the rock. Um, I, I think this team is more built on the defensive side, the offensive rebounding side. I think they can score in spurts, but there doesn't seem to be that rhythm like offensive punch that is provided consistently. I just thought Duke was a tougher team. Yep. And to me, uh, in a moment where you need a win to secure a spot in the tournament, but it's just not that. It's the rivalry itself. It's also the pride and the momentum that you need to gain after beating UVA, after beating Florida State on the road, going into ACC tournament, you always feel like North Carolina has a scoring punch uh, to be a national title contender. But what I saw firsthand there's, there's, there's some major issues going on there. There's an identity crisis going on for North Carolina. And I don't know what's going on with Caleb Love and, and R.J. Davis. They should be the best backcourt in the country. Um, there's something missing there, Adam. And, and, and I, I saw it in person. Uh, I, you know and, and Hubert has a tough job. Uh, sometimes you wonder about that personality, how he needs to hold different players accountable but there there is something and I'm not saying Brady Manick brought all that last year but it seemed like that covered a lot of holes when they started yeah. getting on the roll offensively and this team lacks an identity to me and and that, I think that was the most shocking revelation that I had watching them play in person
0: yeah they um jay williams is joining us here they're too streaky they don't they probably don't use armando Baycott enough to be honest in their offense Uh, But when they got into a little bit of an offensive rhythm, it was a high ball screen for R.J. Davis, uh, and he either flared out and knocked down a three or uh, or drove and created. But uh, Caleb Love has not – there have been very few times this year where Caleb Love has looked like the Caleb Love of last year, and even last year he was streaky. But we have had very few real good Caleb Love stretches this year. Let me ask you real quick about the health of the sport. Um, because we haven't seen like it's it's almost unfair to compare it to your era because even you stayed three years I mean you ain't staying more than one uh, when when you were here when when you were playing if you came in and did what you did as a freshman today I mean you're in the draft so yeah. these guys don't stay. Um, but what has that done? Is that, is that the biggest factor in why we have – I mean, it's just not – it's not a great product. It is at times, but consistently it's not a great product.
1: Well, you know, and I think my, my mindset has changed over the years. I, college basketball with NIL – need to go to a place where it should be a two-year mandatory stay. I don't like what I see going on with the transfer portal. I think there needs to be way more stipulations in the transfer portal because it's hard to coach kids these days. And I'm telling you this as a player. right? I always speak player first, not coach first. Um, if I were just allowed to leave Duke University my freshman year after – you know, being challenged daily by, you know, all American guards and Johnny Dawkins and, you know, Steve Wojcicki, I would, I, I, my first I would have bounced. I would have, it was too hard. And I think what's happening right now, and I'm saying this to young kids out there, sometimes the best thing you can do in your life is look adversity in the eye and face it. it it's a great learning experience on how to become a young adult for men and women. And I'm not saying that every situation is equal. I'm not saying that every situation is worth you staying, but battling through things for a couple of years gives you a better metric on how did you handle that situation as well? Now I'm not making excuses. There are some poor coaches out there, but Adam, I think the lack of accountability that we're giving these young people, it's problematic. And it's very in tune with the times. It's almost like John Morant. Right. Oh, and gosh. I'll say that because <laughs> I love John Moran. But it's like, hey, look, how many times do you need a player to be warned? Yeah. But what happens in the league and what's happening now in college? Oh, you know, in college, I have a poor game. I'm still jumping in my escalate.
0: Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete Ruder with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise?
1: I still see those checks coming through. Right. It doesn't hurt as much. right? And I think it's, it's, it's more challenging for kids now than ever to manage because they don't have to be accountable because they're already given certain things. So, you know, I, I, once again, player first, Adam, but right. I, I'm a little bit more old school because I think there needs to be a little bit more old school married to the new school and where this game is going because I do want to see players earn things. You know, not everything is given to everybody. Uh, I had to earn it my freshman year. I just wasn't given National Player of the Year. I had to fight through a lot of stuff, and I had to stay over the summer to become National Player of the Year and steal one award away from Shane, you know, to make a decision. But, like, I used to fight for that. Yeah, I still won, Adam. I still won, but I still claim myself as Jack's back National
0: Player No, it's good, man. It's all good. Uh, You and, man, what a a great era. I I will absolutely never forget that run. Um, You guys were awesome. You won a national championship. Maryland won the next year, uh, and those were two of the best teams I ever watched. I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, uh, you guys were good enough to win it all three years. Just shows you how hard it is to win, and that's not that's not shade on anybody or anything. It is hard to win in a one game scenario, um, especially, especially then Adam,
1: when the two years you lose, you lose to the team that makes it all the way to the national championship game. Yeah, so, you know what I mean, like. Losing to Indiana, of course, I marry an IU grad, and they remind me of it all the time the <laughs> lack of free throw shooting, which, you know, I still work on my free throws now as a 41 year old grown man because I've been insecurity complex about it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like losing to IU and then seeing IU lose to Maryland in the national championship game, a team that we beat two times, and be like, ah, oh, come on. You know, losing to Florida, you know, who then goes on to lose to Michigan State that year in the national championship my freshman year it goes to show you that it, the best teams don't always win. It's about having the biggest stretch of games. And yeah. that's what makes this time of year the best.
0: And, uh, you know, the one and done scenario, you know, you lose, you're out, uh, that the, it's the ultimate pressure. It's why the tournament is the ultimate tournament. We'll talk, we'll talk about the tournament next week. Uh, when we, when we chat again, real quick, Jay Williams is joining us here. Did they treat you well at the Smith center? You know, what's really
1: funny. Uh, I, I, they always treat me so well. Like the staff, uh, I, I saw Roy, I love Roy Williams. Uh, I got a chance to meet for the first time, which is kind of crazy knowing Hubert for as long as I have his wife. And, um, you know, I, I, I really enjoy Carolina. I, I really do. Um, I enjoy it so much that I have to remind them that I'm seven to one against Carolina. I <laughs> was three and zero in that building. Right. So like that always exists. I, I think, um, you know, but on the real side, like, we we are so intertwined, um, these two schools and organizations, and I think there is so much respect. And I, I know what Hubert Davis is going through right now is challenging, going from a team that was in a championship game last year to a team that may not make the tournament unless they go on a run here in the ACC tourney. Um, it's not easy feeling in the shoes of Dean Smith and Roy Williams. Um, and the expectations that come along with being a North Carolina player for Kale Love, it's not easy. Um, so I I feel for them. I I really do, because at the end of the day, man, Adam, like Raymond Felton used to come stay over at my house. Watch tape with Raymond Felton. Uh, I've known Ty Law for Ty Lawson for a long time. Uh, Wayne Ellington and I were cool. So it's a family, and you want to see individuals win. Um, and you know, for like Leaky Black, I I love watching him play. There's an intensity he brings to the floor. I want to see them do well. Just don't want to see them do well versus us.
0: Jay Williams, I appreciate t- your time, my friend. Uh, best to uh, best to everyone. Best to your mom. Uh, I will. St- I will talk to you next week. And good Hi, luck bro. to you, Blue Devils this week. I'm still
1: working on my free throws, Adam. Still working on it. <laughs>